Heavenly Father, it's another morning and how thankful we are to you for life, to be alive, to be here at camp meeting. And I just pray, Lord, that as we grapple with this issue of stewardship, being faithful stewards of the stuff you've put in our hands, that you would empower us through the Holy Spirit to, to implement the things that we learn. Uh, Father, some of this stuff is painful. It's going to hurt. But uh, Lord, we'll grow through it and we'll be better stewards. And then when you come, you'll be coming for us. So please help us now. And uh, bless Melissa as she shares. And may we all just uh, go away from this time together knowing we've spent some time with you. In Christ's name, amen. I want you to open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 6. So today we're talking about um, saving. Saving is what? Smart. Smart, right? Okay, saving is smart. So we're going to look here um, in this passage that Solomon wrote, and we're going to look at a couple aspects out of this. But in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 11, we have this passage. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall poverty come on you like a prowler, and your need like an armed man. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Now, there's many aspects we could take this passage into. You know, the issue of work, okay, um, which is, you know, God gave us work before sin was here. We put Adam and Eve in the garden to tend and keep it, it says in, in Genesis 2.15, if I remember right. So work is something that we as a human, as humans, are, are supposed to be doing. Okay? So he says, go to the ant, you sluggard, because ants, they work constantly, don't they? You know, and, and what, what, you ever have ant, got ants in your camper? <laughs> okay? <laughs> Yeah, I'm dealing with some ants in my camper. You got ants at home. What do they do? They're always looking for something more, okay? And they're always working, gathering, all right? Now, it's interesting when it comes to ants, they do store up. Ants don't just, well, there's a little piece, I'll eat that, and we'll eat that. No, they're actually gatherers. They gather. Why? Because there's going to be winters coming, right? And they're not going to be, out, be able to go out there and gather. It's just like honeybees. I do, I do beekeeping as a hobby. Anyone do beekeeping? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, you know, honeybees are another example of, of savers. They will pack that. You, you put your, your supers on there, you keep putting, they keep packing away honey. Now, do they need all that honey? They don't. But they'll keep packing away honey. God put it in their mind. Why? Because... Winter is coming. They need to make sure they have enough reserves so that when the hard time comes, they'll make it through it. Okay. Now it's interesting, in the spirit of prophecy, on this passage, what Ellen White has to say, um, she says, the ants teach lessons of patient in industry and perseverance in surmounting, uh, yeah, perseverance, excuse me, in surmounting obstacles of providence for the future. And that word providence means thrift, frugality, foresight. And that's what we're talking about today. This whole idea of saying, okay, I'm not going to live just for the moment. Now granted, we need to live for the moment because that's all you have, right? 
you don't have tomorrow. You have right now. And in that respect, yes, we live for Christ right now. But we're also supposed to plan. And in that planning, there is saving. You, you are going to store up. You're going to put aside because there is going to be a time when you might need that extra. Okay? Um, she also says, Solomon points to the industry of the ants um, as a reproach to those who waste their hours in idleness or in practices that corrupt soul and body. Now, it's interesting, practices that corrupt soul and body. Remember what I read the other day about debt? She says that debt is a snare of Satan to ensnare the soul. Okay? So this whole idea of not planning, not saving, um, it, it will ensnare the soul. And that's what she's saying here. The ant prepares for future seasons. And that's what we need to do. You know, uh, life uh, can throw you some major curves, can't it? You know, Melissa was shared one with, with Cooper. That just kind of came out of the blue. I mean, they were not anticipating this. But because, as she mentioned, that they had saved and they had done their planning and what they needed to do, what could have been a disastrous situation financially ended up not being a disaster financially because they saved. So what God wants us to do, and, and you know, I have people ask me this all the time, well, you know, if, if the Lord's coming, you know, why, do I need to, why do I need to save money? Well, you know, the counsel we have is that you need to live as though He's coming today, but plan as though He's coming in 50 years. Right? So you just have to and, and you know what? And, and, I, and I, this may not sit well with some, but I don't, I don't believe you need to have a million dollars to retire. Okay? Um, I think that's a false concept. Because, because what, what I believe is this. What you need to retire is a relationship with Christ Jesus. What you need to retire is good stewardship principles. But don't wait until you retire to implement good stewardship principles. You start now. Okay? And yeah, you need to have a little savings. But if you're, if you're smart and you're putting all these things into the, in the place in your life, when you get to that time of retirement, yeah, you, you may not be able to you know, lay on the beach in, in Cancun you know, for the rest of your life. But that's not what God wants you to do anyway. You may retire from your your employment, but you don't retire from your work because you continue to work. And that work, of course, is a work for the gospel. So I would encourage you that as we talk today about this issue of saving, and Melissa is going to talk about some, some nuts and bolts stuff, some, some practical things that, that you may roll your eyes at. Some of that I do, the whole coupon <laughs> thing. Um, <laughs> but it works for her, all right? And I'm not here to, to judge any of that, but you're gonna, you're gonna, hopefully you're going to pull away today with some things like, man, you know, I can do that. I can try that. That may work for me. But the idea is just that go to the ant, you sluggard. You know, look at what the ants do. You know, we, we, we think, oh, an ant. You know, we want to just... But yet that ant, in, in some instances, is more intelligent than we are. Because Why? They're following the principles that God's placed in a little tiny brain and they're, they're working those principles out. And if we work the principles out that God is giving us, we'll be as successful as they are. So Melissa, why don't you take us into saving and smart? So I was really nervous about this week. Um, 
I've had a lot of anxiety about this class. And I wanted to say thank you for everybody who's been coming here every day or if you've been coming and going. This has actually been a lot more fun than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, I forget how much I love talking about these things, um, partially because we're doing our best to live it um, and because it's a lot of fun for me. Like I said, I'm a money nerd, savings nerd. Um, and so today I get to talk about some of those fun things that we do. Um, uh, we're going to talk through some of the savings things. We're going to talk through um, some ways to kind of save in different areas. And at the end, we may talk a little bit of couponing. Um, we'll see if, if you're interested in learning about that or not, and depending on how much time we have left. So I was looking for a fun picture this morning. Um, yes. Yes, we can turn the fan on. Absolutely. All right. So all week we've been starting off remembering our why. Okay, and that was a, just a fun picture taken at a wedding recently, and I love it because it represents the fun and the craziness that is my life. Um, it is uh, one of the things we're going to talk about. My story today will kind of connect to camp meeting um, a little bit more, and every time I get to spend extra time with my family, with my husband and kids, and we get to spend more time eating meals together this week than sometimes we do regularly, I'm reminded that that they're pretty awesome. They're pretty fun. I like my kids. I think that's a good thing. I don't just love them. And that my husband is fun to spend time with and we still like each other. So I think that that's a good thing. But again, um, God's given us our families, our relationships around us, and um, has clearly shown us that we need to take care of our families first and then we can help others. And so we've been going through couple of things this week. We'll just do a quick review here. Um, on Monday, we talked about how debt is dumb, okay? Um, we can say that, but living it is a lot harder. So just a few tips here in review. The key is to get out of debt and to stay out of debt, okay? Changing those habits, making sure that you don't ever want to go back there again. When you're trying to get out of debt, do it as fast as you can, Speed is of the essence here. Don't get stuck getting out of debt for 10 years. You'll, you will get nowhere fast. Pay your smallest debts first, moving from smallest to largest. We referred to that as the debt snowball this week. Um, not an original thought necessarily, but, but you're knocking those things out. You're getting rid of them progressively so you can see the wins. Um, consider cutting stuff out of your life. What is the stuff that we can live without? What don't we really need? Is it a need or a want? Do I do how fast do you want to get out of debt? And you start to ask yourselves those questions and what sacrifices are you willing to make? And most importantly, the ability to tell yourself no. I think as parents, sometimes it's easier to tell our kids no than it is ourselves no. <laughs> and so what, those are just some of the keys that I come up when we talk about debt on Monday. Then we moved on to budgeting, okay? Because, again, we're building throughout the week. We want to start out with the idea that we don't want to be in debt, but one of the tools then is how do we budget, okay? Because budgeting is better. So, one, make sure that we're making a plan for our money, that we're spending it before we get it, not as an afterthought. Making God first in our ties and in our offerings, making sure that that's our first fruits. I think that this whole discussion on money is marriage counseling. 
because it really comes down to combining two totally different people with two totally different backgrounds and usually a spender and a saver, a nerd and a free spirit, and trying to get you on the same page, which is the art of compromise and making sure that you're on the same page when it comes to how you're going to spend your money. Our money, right? It's not my money. It's not his money. It's our money. I'm challenging you when you go home to consider an, env an envelope. And, and my suggestion would be to start with groceries. If there's something else that you think that would be more important in your life, but I'm going to challenge you to consider cash for one area, right? And see how that goes. See if you notice that you're spending less. See if that's helping you to control your spending. And lastly, a budget is really about prioritizing your spending, which is really, if we get into a deeper spiritual issue, a reflection of your individual priorities, which sometimes can be a really um, difficult conversation to have with yourself. When we start to see where we are spending our money, we may see where our heart is. And so that is where this, this whole process of money is really about bringing us closer to God. All right, so I have just one quote for today. Saving money isn't about being able to buy bigger and better things. It's about being prepared to take care of your family. And ultimately, then, taking care of God's family. Right? Saving is, it's going to rain. Something bad's going to happen. Something's going to come unexpectedly. Uh, if you've never experienced that, I would... I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> All right. So why is saving money important? Well, like I just said, things are going to happen in life. Medical, medical changes are going to happen. We're going to have job changes. Um, the dishwasher's going to break. The hot water heater's going to explode. You could have a flood in your basement. Tornadoes may come. Think about all, so many different things can happen in our life, and we want to be prepared for them so that we don't start over in this process, right? We end back up, back in debt, and we're starting all over again. All right. So let's talk about some of the things that we are saving for, all right? First of all, emergencies. Now, I hope I'm not picking on too many of you. Um... And I would challenge you that your credit card is not your emergency fund. Okay? And I know that's what happens, right? I have it for emergencies. I'm traveling on the road. I have these kind of things happening. Emergencies are going to happen. Something's going to happen that we didn't plan on. We're going to be far away from home. Um, the car is going to break. Anything like that, right? Um, like I said, hot water heater. Um, Appliances break that we need, those kind of things, they're going to happen, and we want to plan for those emergencies. However, there is such a thing, I would say, as an expected emergency. My car is 25 years old and has 300,000 miles. <laughs> Someday I'm probably going to have to replace that pretty soon. Or that my refrigerator is 15 years old, and in today's society, 15 years old would, you know, it's already lived. 10 years past what it's supposed to be made for, okay? Um, the freezer's going to break. Something's going to happen. We need to be aware that these things are things that are going to need to be replaced. So they're somewhat anticipated, right? And looking at those kind of things. That's why we started a household repair envelope um, 
because we knew that there were more and more things happening in our household. And in the last couple of years, we replaced the microwave, the washing machine, and the dryer because they've, they've outlived their, their life expectancy. Large purchases. This is also something really important to save for. Now, a large purchase is going to be different for every family. And this, again, is going to go back to where are you at in the grand scheme of your financial situation. Maybe it's as much as you want to build an outbuilding. Maybe it's as simple as um, you need some new windows in your home. Maybe it's a new roof, um, a new car, large purchases, things that are not a couple hundred bucks. We're talking thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars of large purchases. And we want to, I'm encouraging you, don't put that on payments, right? Don't think about how much it cost me this month. Month. Think about how much that cost me in total and in planning for that. How about this one? Vacation. Vacation is so much fun. I think it's good for us to get away, spend time together. Um, I was excited to hear that there's a couple in our church going on vacation without their kids. I think that's so exciting for their marriage because spending time together is important. But pay for your vacation before you go, not after you go. It's amazing how different that is when you're, you're booking those, that airline ticket in January for a trip that you're doing in August. So when August comes, you, you just get to go on vacation and have fun and not come back and worry about, I had to pay for this and I pay for the hotel and all those kind of things. I didn't plan for that. That vacation will be much more relaxing, more freeing. And lastly, we're not going to talk about this a lot today, but saving for retirement. Joel kind of talked about that already today. Um, I know they're going to talk about that more tomorrow. Um, but retirement, Lord willing, will happen for us if, if uh, he doesn't come soon. We want to make sure that we're prepared for that. All right. So, talked about the why, the what. Let's talk about some how. How can we speed up our saving plan? And if you have questions as we go along the way, um, every day I've been nervous that we're gonna, I'm going to not have enough stuff to say, and we've gone over every day. So, um, <laughs> so if you have questions or um, something as we talk about this. All right. So let's give up some stuff or self-sacrifice. Um, like I said, this is speeding up our saving plan or how to get out of debt faster. Okay, Depending on what stage you're at, in your financial situation, this may be I'm I'm out of debt. I'm you know my budget is in order, and now I am working on saving. Um, if I'm in debt, I'm going to use some of these principles to get out of debt faster. Okay, so giving up stuff or self-sacrifice. Anybody want to share anything that they they've given up or they think they could give up? It was either get aid from friends and Peter and Paul, or give up television and um, amenities, basic amenities. Yes. And so we just decided we don't need all that stuff anymore. And praise God, we are so much at ease with our finances now because we don't have to worry about that one hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollar television bill. Which is, and I think that you bring up that excellent point. It's when I, individuals especially who are struggling, 
right, um, to make ends meet. And those amenities that you're referring to, whether that's cable, internet, cell phone, all these things that we lived without 20 years ago. Let's see, how many years has it been since I've been in college? Yeah, we didn't have cell phones when I was in college. That's how old I am. Um, <laughs> and we survived college without cell phones. Um, we've, we've, these things have become normal, right? We, we have to have internet. We have to have cable, satellite. We have to have Netflix. We have to, what, right? Those things, when you start to take that as a percentage of your budget and or just how much that is a month total, um, it, it's a lot of money. Right? It's a lot of money. And what you're saying is, when it's a choice between two things, what are we willing to sacrifice and give up? Um, and those are hard choices. It's hard to say no to something that we're, we may be hanging on to. might be something that, that's getting in the way of our relationships. Right? Like, I know there are things in, in our life that um, would be better that we didn't have. Right? Um, and God can bless us through that both not just in our relationships, but also in our finances. Anything else you can think of that would be a, a great self-sacrifice or giving up of stuff? I think sometimes, yes. Ooh. Yes, she said one car versus two cars. That would, that would be very hard, right? It is. We were talking about that a little bit beforehand. Um, we've lost the art of planning. We have cell phones now. We don't schedule. I'll just call you when I get there. Um, call me when you're done, and I'll come get you. Right? Like we we've kind of lost the benefit of planning ahead. I'll see you here. I'll see you there, and then keeping those commitments. Right? Yes, I, I think it can, it can be done. It's definitely a sacrifice. Yes, Abe. Uh, what about for those of us who don't drive? That can be a blessing. Uh, I have found I have saved a lot of money <laughs> by not getting a car. Yep. Yep. And there are, you know, there are definitely lots of different ways to travel depending on where you live. When you live way out in the country, you probably do need a car. If you live in town, there is public transportation or riding your bike. Um, I actually have a friend who lives in town, who is legally blind, and he's in his 30s. And I think about the most wintry, blustery day, and he's out there on his fat bike riding through that. Now, granted, his bike probably costs more than some of your cars because <laughs> he has a nice bike, but that's his mode of transportation, right? So, yeah, so transportation is a great one for us to think about. Um, garage sailing. Now, a garage sale is a lot of work. And certainly doesn't appeal to everyone. But there is something to be said when we are prioritizing saving or getting out of debt, right? Establishing an emergency fund, maybe planning for medical bills, um, those kind of things. The idea of a garage sale. Now, I'll take that one step further, and I've read a couple of good blogs about minimalism. Now, I'm not there yet, right? Because I have an internal struggle between I love a good deal and couponing which I'm retiring from, by the way, because I am Uncle Joel. I'm retiring. My garage is no longer a store. kind of did at one point. If I had a picture I was going to show you guys today, and you would have probably all, like, dropped your jaw. Because um, I may or may not have been an extreme couponer for a few years. Oh, Joel says yes. I was an extreme couponer. Hobby, right? Um, but the idea that we have 
I've read some really good blogs about minimalism, and there's this this, this guy who said that they got rid of like 60% of their stuff, downsized. Everything that they hang on the wall has a purpose. It's a really simple house. But purging that stuff. Now, as I've talked about this week, we're, we're hopefully closing on the house next week, and we'll be in the process of moving. And as I've talked to my mom and my sister-in-law, I've said, so could you imagine having to pack up your house and move? How many of you, right? Like, think about that. If you had to pack up your house and move, right, Barb? <laughs> You're like, what would I do with all of that stuff? I'll, I'll get back to you just a minute. Um, it's a lot of stuff, and we keep things, and we hang on to stuff. And sure, we want to keep some memorabilia or remember our, our, our kids' childhood or those kind of things. But as we're going through this, I'm like, I have one big corner already that's either garage sale or donate. And I feel like as we pack up, I'm going to try to go through it all once. And then when we bring it from the basement into the house at the new house, I want to go through it again because we've lived in this small condo for 15 years. And I, this last year, I fondly lost control of the stuff. Like I was always on top of it. I kept saying, we're going to move someday. I don't want to have to go through all this stuff. I lost the battle less six months ago. Like there was Christmas paper in the living room, you know, last week. So, right. Like, you know, when you you've been too busy, you've lost control of your house. What did you want to add? So she's probably the best minimal. Are you, are you a minimalist because you've packed or do you? Oh, right. So you have the, the boxes in the basement that haven't been opened after 47 moves. The barn. Yes. I think that, right. So, Right, so to pick on some of you men, right, the outbuilding, I, I think of some members of my family, it's not the house that would be the challenge, it's the outbuilding where the tools are and the lawnmower is and the, the weed whacker and the chainsaw. and the Because <laughs> they can't fit in the building. There you go. What did you want to add? We just let it be ourselves before coming here. Yes. And for two purposes, one half of it went to pay for a car repair. Yes. And the other half went to come here. So did you? So what she said is, before they came here, they had a garage sale, and they used that money for two purposes: one, to pay for car repairs, and two, to pay for camp meeting. There's a lot of stuff in your house that you're not using that you could sell um, to do some stuff, to pay off some debt, to save for a vacation, um, to come to camp meeting. Right? I love that. Yes, Abe. Uh, I'm a member of the Lutheran Baptist Church, and our Sister Church, Otter Lake, in beautiful Otter Lake, Michigan, they had a church yard sale over Memorial Weekend to raise money to send kids to camp. I had a three-wheeled bike and it sent it in my garage. I haven't used it. In years, right? In uh, Decades? <laughs> in well over... Three years, I haven't gotten out of it. I got rid of it. And blessed somebody else. And I think that that's the tough, right? When we start talking about self-sacrifice and giving things up, there is stuff that we become attached to, but why? Because our kid wore it once to some special program because um, I, because it's a, it's a family heirloom, and even though I think it's really ugly, I need to keep it. I don't know, right? Like, whatever reason that may be. So, and garage selling, really from a very practical standpoint, has changed a lot. So now we have Craigslist, 
Um, and all these things that we're talking about today is all about safety, right? So please be safe in whatever you do. Um, in our community, online yard sale sites on Facebook, very popular. Um, you can sell a lot of things on there. Um, apparently, there's some new apps. I've never done the Let It Go app. You know, so there's uh, you can sell on eBay, right? There's apparently some individuals who used to go around to garage sales and buy. Um, there's a guy that bought golf clubs, I think, right, and turn it into a business. He buy people's old golf clubs at garage sales and then turn around and sell them on eBay and ship them all over the place, right? So there's a lot of good ways to get rid of the junk, to clear the clutter of your life and get yourself either out of debt or build your savings bond or go on vacation or any of those kind of things. All right. I also love getting a good deal. I don't know if that's because I'm Dutch. I don't know if that's just because I'm just cheap or frugal. I'll be, right? Probably all three, right? I love a good deal. Um, I was raised in a home where the art of the deal literally became an art, right? Um, it used to embarrass me so bad when I was a kid. Oh, so much so, right? Oh, my dad will not pay full price for anything. Um, Cash is king, right? Um, so let me see if I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, my slides might be a little bit out of order. So if I get ahead of myself, we'll just skip over that. So getting a good deal. I'm going to give you some tips today. Ooh, I think I have a slide for this just a second. I do. We're going to go right to here. Okay. Talking about getting a good deal. We might go back here a second. All right, so I think the key to getting a good deal is to always be nice. I have couponed since Cooper was born, um, which he'll be seven in July, and we started. I started couponing or savings um, because diapers are expensive, crazy, crazy expensive. That's how I started, and I've been doing it for so long. and And I have I have built relationships with the cashiers. They like know me by name at Myers. Um, I used to shop at Rite Aid. I'd be there 8 a.m. every Sunday morning to get the deals religiously for years unless we were out of town. They, and I was, I've learned I'm always going to be very kind, okay, because they're more likely to help you, to give you that better deal. Um, but always, always be kind when you're trying to get a good deal. Now this, this is a Mike nephew philosophy. It is what I have been taught. Now, what happens, I think, for especially women, right, is we're a little bit more timid a lot of times um, and are afraid to be offensive or something like that. Now, I'm not saying that this don't ask, don't get can be done in a very kind way, okay? Um, that's why I said be kind first. So I literally have been taught don't ask, don't get. So when I am dealing with a utility company, if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at a restaurant, I'm not afraid to ask because what's the worst thing that could happen? No. Am I afraid of the word no? I really am not, which is kind of scary sometimes. But it's amazing how many things people will give to you if you ask. Now, I think that becomes an interesting discussion when we come to the end of the week when we start talking about giving, right? That um, how much are we willing, if someone would just ask us, right? Someone would take their time to ask us how much we would be willing to give, right? So I, it's been my mantra practically in business, don't ask, don't get. I've gotten some great deals over the years just because I've asked. Um, 
Yeah, so I, I love it. Um, sorry? Uh, don't ask, don't get. Oh, I need one to come to my brain. Um, don't ask, don't get. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Oh, yeah. So uh, we wanted to buy a picnic table for camp meeting, and they didn't have. They only had the display model. And I talked to the person on the floor. We can't sell the display model. They have twenty on order. I called every day last week. So I was like, well, you have it. Will you give me the display model? A lot of people would say, well, they told me no. I can't. I kept asking. We got the display model. Now, they couldn't give me a discount, right? I wish, because um, I said, no, we have more in order. But I wanted the picnic table for camp meeting. But I think um, I wasn't afraid to ask them, and again, to do it kindly and nicely. Yes, in the back. Oh, okay. Or at least something in between, right? Yes. Drew, what did you want to add? Uh, my wife has incurred quite a bit of medical expenses. Okay. And I just asked if you were just going to pay it in full. And frequently, the last time we go, 20%. So 20% of our That's right. Right. And sometimes they say no. Yeah. Right? Right? They used to, like, what are the health systems? Used to have a prompt payment discount. They eliminated that, but you know, you, you should ask, right? If I pay cash, yes. Can you speak up a little bit so everybody can hear? Yeah, no. Instead of... He went to the hospital. Well, he didn't have medical insurance. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the one hospital and we asked, and he paid to wipe it out, and also the emergency to wipe it out. The other hospital didn't, they gave it to him, he gave him this kind of Yep. Cause we, yep, because we should pay what we owe. Um, next, next point I want to say in getting a good deal, do your research. I, it's really funny in business, I can't help myself. We needed some therapy supplies. And I'm looking it up on Amazon, and I have a, a retailer that we work with regularly. And so I'm going through point by point, how much do you charge for this? And I said, well, Amazon can beat you by $12 on that box of TheraTubing. He goes, well, that's the best I can do. Well, then I'm not ordering it from you. <laughs> and granted, it's $12, right? But that, you know, that 15, 30-minute phone call we walked through, I was like, okay, will you be Amazon on this? So I'll buy those things from you, and I get free shipping there, and then I'll buy this from Amazon. And whether, I think I probably saved 50 to 100 bucks, which I wouldn't leave 50 or or $100 bill on the ground. That's how I always look at that, right? <laughs> which, because I also... I always expect to get a deal, and, and even if that's just a perception of a deal, right? Because I did a little bit of price comparing. I didn't spend four hours looking up every single site on the Internet to see what it is or going to five stores. But because I want to be a good steward at home and at work, we'll do, I, I'll, I'll take that time. Yes? Um, I have an app on my phone, it's GapBuddy. Okay. And, I mean, it might vary 10 cents a gallon from one place to another. My husband wants to go to the quickest place he can find. And I'm like, do you want? Do you have any dollars that I can just throw out the window at <laughs> this gas station? Because that's what you do. So I think gas is an interesting discussion, right? I, I appreciate that you brought that up. Um, because I do sometimes think there is a discussion between time and money. And I think we should be good stewards. 
but sometimes I have more time than I have money, and sometimes I have more money than I have time, right? And I think, you know, and, and to be reasonable in that, it doesn't make sense to drive 30 miles across town to save $3, right? And I just want to clarify that, because that's what happens, right, is, well, it's th three cents cheaper on the south side of town, so I'm going to go over there and get 20 gallons, and I save myself 60 cents. Well, that doesn't make sense, but if it's a mile down the road, right, I, I get that. So, Logic is really, really important when it comes to this kind of stuff, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. I want to start with. I went to the John Deere dealer, and the starter was going to cost $310. I went home, went online, found it for $84.70. Right? Right. Which, that's just good stewardship, right? It's And it sounds like there's a lot of good stewards in this room who are making those kind of decisions that you're going, well, maybe I could get a better deal. Yes? We talked about when you go to the um, clothing stores and want you to open a credit card. And they say, you saved so much today. Yes. Credit card. But it's so tempting. Because you think, oh, Doug didn't explain this to us. But then, you know, you're like a slave. You can put a bunch on it. I mentioned it the other day because I had said I needed to, to buy camp meeting pants to be a speaker, right? And I went to Kohl's, and I could save 30% today if I got a card. Now, I'm not mad at anybody in the room if you have a Kohl's credit card, okay? I'm not mad at you. We can still be friends, okay? Um, but because I have personally chosen not to have a credit card for 13 or 14 years, I can't remember now, right? Like, it's getting longer and longer. And trust me, based on the total purchase, I would have saved over $30, right? And I love a good deal. Oh, I love a good deal. However... That was a principle for me of credit, right? And again, I, I admitted the other day if I was more on track this last month with my envelopes, I would have limited myself a little bit more. And because we've been talking about this week, there's a lot of stuff that's in my closet here in the camper that's going to get returned. Joel wants to add something. He's about to jump out of his chair. <laughs> I just want to add one more. Uh, this is a spiritual component to this. And my wife is very good at this. You know, we have the same blood. We're frugal. We're stingy. We're... You know, I'd have my same, my, my stingy. I, I'd, I'd have my same penny that I first earned if, if it wasn't for my wife. I don't take that wrong. Right. <laughs> um, but what, what she says, and, and I think she's spot on, is this. Okay, I, I you know, my lawnmower is broken down. I go, it's going to cost, you know, 300 bucks. Come home, say, honey, it's going to cost 300 bucks. We do a little research. We can get it for half that. What we end up doing is giving that difference to charity. So, so okay, three hundred, but we got it for one hundred and fifty. I, I was going to spend three hundred, so that one hundred and fifty, we'll give it to the church, we'll give it to some charity. And what we found is, it, see, because it's not so much about the money; it's, it's about my mind, my heart. And what it does, it keeps my heart soft. So it's like, thank you, Lord, you were able to. I mean, I was going to spend this, but I got it for this. Well, thank you. And if that's what we do, so with the saving aspect, it's just something to throw out there that, you know, making an issue of prayer, Lord, you know, they're saying it's going to cost this for this to get this fixed. If you can get this at a better deal <laughs> for us, you know, we'll feel good about that and we'll give you the difference. And, and you may not, you may say, well, I can't give the whole difference, but, you know, give a percentage of that savings back to God because He's the one that helped you have the knowledge, wisdom, got you where you could get it cheaper. It's just a spiritual thought on that. Excellent. Very good. And again, keep in mind, as we're talking about this, all of you are at different phases of your spiritual journey, right? Some of you getting out of debt, 
is a priority right now. Some of you are at this phase where you're completely debt free and everything in between, right? So as we talk about these things, we're all going to be at a different stage of that. Um, but I love how Joel's bringing in that this is all ultimately a heart issue and our relationship with God. All right, by used. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick on my husband here a second who's managed to jump in water two or three times with his phone in his pocket. <laughs> and God bless him. <laughs> we both need, we really actually do need phones. I, my phone is like dying and I actually, it is a need for me in, in my world. Um, but when he jumped in the pool with the kids <laughs> the last time and we had, he had, I think it was his first smartphone too, right? I was like, are you kidding me? You had it three months and that's all it survived. God bless him. He went on the internet he uh, and some of the pastors, I think, were making fun of him the other day because he has like an iPhone 4, which is like a dinosaur, right? And he put something on the back of it because he cracked it. So it has like something on the back and, and it's dying and, and he deserves to have something that works, right? But he bought a used one on eBay or something, which does what it needs to do. Um, we needed a new key because we lost our... Our truck key at camp meeting last summer, went on the internet, bought a used one instead of going to the dealership. Okay? Used is a great thing to do. Used cars are great. Um, now, some things, right, buying new is worth it. I do. And I think that quality often does matter, right? You get what you pay for. However, do your research. And depending, again, where you're at on the spectrum, right, if you're, if you're you know, drowning in debt, you should get what you can afford right now, Right? So um, I think used is great. There's a lot of great used things. My brother's trying to get us to buy used dirt bikes. And um, they hold their value pretty well, actually, right? Like they don't go. So you're like, seriously, that's a 1993 dirt bike, and it still costs that much? Because they hold their value. So um, uh, be prepared to walk away. This is, this is a hard one. Um, so I got a, I know we're talking about me a lot this week. Sorry, I'm just going to take you through our stories. Um, so we're hoping that we close in this house next week. Um, but I got an email last night uh, that they're, they're asking a question about the stuff that we've submitted. We should be going through final underwriting and all this kind of stuff. And this question popped up that I thought we'd already worked through, and I'm a little nervous. And so mentally, I'm excited about this house, but I'm also mentally going, this, this deal may not happen, right? Like, we may not get this house which is hard because it's, it's a priority for us. However, it won't be the end of the world, and I try to give myself that perspective. We start to see something that we like, that we want, that we've saved for even, but are we prepared to walk away if it doesn't fall within our budget, if our needs in our life change, if new medical bills pop up, all of those kind of things. So I think that's a really great negotiating tip. <laughs> now, I... Hate to pay regular price for anything. Um, and I would say buy it only when it's on sale can be a great philosophy a lot of times when it comes to groceries or clothes. Um, never pay full price at Kohl's, right? We were talking about Kohl's earlier. Because it will always go on sale. <laughs> like uh, Hobby Lobby. I, I know, men, that's probably one of your least favorite stores to go through. <laughs> but Hobby Lobby is on a cycle where it will be 50% off one, one week every three weeks, I think is what it is. So there was one picture I wanted so badly, and I was like, which week is that going to be on sale? So I'd go in, nope, nope. Oh, I got it this week, right? So I wanted to save my 50% off because I think that that price is 
negotiable because it is. It's Hobby Lobby. That's, that is how they sell stuff. So when it comes to that buying and selling stuff, knowing the store that you're buying in it, knowing its sales cycles, um, as silly as this is, we love black olives in our house. Correct. You can get 40% off at Hobby Lobby, but I know I can get 50% off, so then I wait. <laughs> That's how cheap I am. <laughs> um, so like grocery shopping, we love black olives in our house, and Myers always has the 10 for 10 sale, get your 11th free. And olives are $1.79 a can. And when they go 10 for 10, if I buy my 11th item, that's 91 cents a can. I do not buy olives, but when I buy olives, I buy like 20, right? 20 cans, I stock it up. <laughs> that's how cheap I am. Yes? It's not necessarily always true because you can buy gas from the You can buy gas in the middle of the Well, and part of that is the paycheck cycle too, right? Right? It's why restaurants have discounts. Your kids can eat free at Pizza Ranch on Tuesday night because it's, it's a slower night for them, right? Whereas the weekends, they know they're gonna be busy no matter what. They're not giving deals and discounts on the weekends, right? Absolutely. So um, those are just, these are just like practical, frugal, frugal, simple ways. Yes? You keep saying that you're cheap, but <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't look at it that way because every dollar that you save, you can spend for something else. I agree, I, I agree. It's kind of fun to, to, to laugh about it because um, frugal maybe is a better term, right? Um, because I wouldn't say that we have cheap stuff in our house, right? Um, it's not junky. It's not, you know, not falling apart. Um, but I like to be frugal. And really, it's fun for me. I and uh, the uh, it's, um, I come from a family of hunters, right, who love to go out in the woods and, and, and hunt and do all of that kind of great stuff. I don't think I could sit in the woods all day long waiting for a deer to walk by. I just, I don't think I could do that. But put me at Myers, where there's a, a sale on shampoo, and I'll check out for an hour just to make sure I get that, right? I'll shop for an hour, I'll check out for an hour, just so I can get that for 27 cents a bottle. So. I will not look at that. Uh, eat it by anything else like And it has almost nothing. Yes, right? Um, because it's, because our, because our money is not limitless, right? Yeah. Um, and when we are frugal with what we have, I think we're giving more to manage, right? Um, I, as I talked about, I, I have a physical therapy clinic and we have grown slowly and slowly and slowly and God has given me more to manage and God and I wrestle sometimes because I act like I own it and I'm reminded that he owns it. And it's been such a great testimony as I have, um, other individuals in our office who I think all of them are Christians, um, but there'll be a day where you're like, oh, the schedule is looking slow. And I'll say out loud, I'm like, God, if God, God will take care of us and he's going to send us five referrals tomorrow. <laughs> and he might send three that afternoon, right? And, and, and they'll say, Melissa said it out loud. I'm like, well, because I believe that God is providing for us, right? And, and has given me more to manage over time. Um, and I want to be a good steward of that, both at home and at work. All right, uh, let's see if I... Um, I'm going to go back here a second because I didn't want to forget this. We talked about this a little bit earlier, and I didn't have the slide in the right order of where I wanted it to be. But here are some of those things. We kind of talked about this earlier, but here's some stuff to consider. Would you give up temporarily or permanently, right? That starts to change your life because you give something up, you're better off without it. Um, 
I think that, I don't think that going out to eat is immoral. But when you're going out to eat every night of the week and you're spending thousands of dollars, maybe that's not the best use of your money, right? But when we're talking about, again, getting out of debt, saving, what would you be willing to give up to have an emergency fund, to save up for that new car, to send your child through Christian education? We haven't even talked about that this week, right? Like, that's a priority for us. That is, that is one of my whys, is that I want, I'm excited for my kids to go through their education experience and um, learn the values that our schools can teach as, as, as the world around us keeps changing. So going out to eat, entertainment, whatever that is for you, I mean, that is a wide range of things. And as we talked about the other day, we're not, Pastor Gene had asked the question, should you cut that completely? And I say, well, um, you probably should still do some fun things, right? But depending on what works for your family, maybe that's you're going to the beach. You can have a lot of fun at the beach. You can. There's a lot of great parks by us. We can go hiking. But if your wife really likes to go out to eat, maybe once a month you can go out to eat, right? If you're in this process. Because we want to make sure that you're still, you know, meeting some of the things enjoying some of those things. But again, when we talk about getting out of debt or you know saving for something, doing that fast and intentionally. Vacations, and then of course we picked on those other things, right? Internet, cable, cell phone. Um, for some people that is necessary, right? If you work out of your home and, and you do everything on the internet, that's necessary, right? Um, if it's just to check Facebook, maybe it's not so necessary, right? <laughs> but again, that's why this is also individual. Okay, so I'll try not to head down this rabbit hole too deeply. Um, <laughs> I am retiring from couponing. I don't think my Uncle Joel believes me. Um, I, like I said, I started a number of years ago, um, and I, I like couponing. But what, and it got us through some difficult times when income changed and stuff like that, and really a lot of fun. But as my boys have gotten older, and I don't want to spend every Sunday morning at Myers or Rite Aid or Walgreens getting every deal. I'd rather be going to camp meeting and camping and you know doing other fun things. It has changed in its priority. But for a season of my life, I uh, I was an extreme couponer. Now, not seven carts if you've ever seen the TLC show, which I think is totally not true. Anybody who coupons thinks that show is completely a farce. But yes, maybe a grocery cart full of stuff for free, I would say, probably really close. There was a season where I was, I was killing it in couponing. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun, right? And I really enjoyed it and actually made some friends. Um, really, the idea of couponing is that you're going to take advantage of all the different deals. Now, this is not, most people, they say 3% um, of all coupons are ever redeemed. So my guess is most of you would have zero interest in couponing in this room because most people don't have the patience. <laughs> Nobody wants to cut a coupon. Most of them end up in the dumpster on the, in their Sunday newspaper, okay? But for me, the, the idea of saving at the grocery store, which is what really gets us in trouble a lot of times, is that you get it when it's on sale, and then let's say there's a manufacturer's coupon, right? So the, the Sunday paper comes, and there's, you know, 50 cents off, Ziploc bags, okay? So the Ziploc bags are on sale. There's a manufacturer's coupon. If there's, by chance, a Meyer coupon to go with that or a Walgreens coupon, if you're at Walgreens, right? You combine that, 
then it's got a store reward, right? So spend $20, get $5 back. And then Myers has M perks. So for every, it's really, they're terrible now, but for every $100 you spend, you get $2 back. I mean, well, it's two bucks, right? It's 2%. So the idea is you're stacking your deals. And so that's what I did for a number of years. Again, I don't have a picture because I'm totally cleaning up my garage, but I had a wall this big, top to bottom, probably before my sister's garage sale in April. I don't know. I had probably 500 to 1,000 bottles of shampoo and conditioner, which is why I said I'm a minimalist who's conflicted with couponing. So, but, as, but as God has, as, as my children have grown and as God has grown our business, right, like it, it carried us through some of those leaner years. It's just kind of something that's fun. But I'm going to tell you a little story about our camper, okay? So we have, this is our fifth summer at camp meeting. Um, and every year gets easier. My boys are six and four, almost five and seven. So our first year for the whole week, Grady was 10 months old and Cooper was a couple weeks away from three. Okay, so they were little. And we borrowed and stayed in my aunt and uncle's camper, which had no slide outs, did not have hot water. I had ants everywhere. And the only open space had the pack and play, right? And I cried every day till Wednesday. <laughs> I did. It was hard because I wasn't used to having to go to the bathhouse and bedtime took two hours and, and all of these things. And, but we were at camp meeting. And the next year we borrowed it again. And during that time, I'm couponing. I am garage selling some of it. I'm doing lots of online yard sale. I'm selling clothes. We're purging the house, trying to keep the clutter down. Like I said, I lost control of that six months ago. And sold and sold and sold. And so I would, I had an envelope. I kept this at home. Should we keep it? Yes, it was in our safe at home, right? And every time I'd get enough money, I'd turn it into $100 bills. Okay? Because it's, because when you start counting $100 bills and you think about, I went out every Sunday morning and my husband stayed home and made the boys pancakes so I could, you know, get us some deals. So I could get diapers for $3 a package or free. So I, you know, so we could save, so we could save. And that stack grew and grew and grew. And we would say, yes, let's get a camper. And Mitch would go on Craigslist and look and I would go, no, we shouldn't spend all that money on that, on a camper. No, let's not do it. And then we would say, yes, let's do it. No. So we went back and forth. And a couple of years ago, right, because this is our third year using it, we had saved, I think it was $9,000. I mean, and that is a lot of hours of buying and selling and, you know, a lot of, lot of no-shows on those online yard sale sites, people not showing up, people telling me I was terrible because I wouldn't donate my whole supply to their charity. I mean, right, it's the Internet. People are rude. Um, and so we took that money. And, uh, and, and Mitch was looking and he found this camper and he went and looked at it and he goes, or we all went and looked at it and we were like, we think this could work for us, right? And that's, I think it's a 2000 or a 2003, like it's not brand new. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles. Um, and my husband went back and negotiated. Now I'm traditionally more of the negotiator if you can't tell in our family. But again, if you met my dad, it would totally make sense. Um, so, so Mitch went with my, my husband went with my brother because my brother knows a lot about campers. I said, why don't you guys look at it? And we had decided on what we were going to offer and what our top was going to be, right? And they took our initial offer, and we were like, sweet, because then what we had saved, after we had to pay the taxes and stuff like that, it was that amount of money, right? And we have enjoyed, this camper is like the Taj Mahal for us. It is 
three times bigger than the camper I borrowed. It has hot water. It has a slightly slanting floor and it's not perfect, but we get to come to camp meeting every year. We get to go camping with the boys. Um, we get to spend time with friends and family going weekend camping trips. We're hauling it. We haul it all the way up to Camp Segola for 4th of July, which is like 10 hours, like way up in the UP. We did that last summer for the first time, which was great because you're taking your whole house with you and you just slide it in and take that mess home, right? Like, I love that. So this camper literally didn't come from any of our income. This was all extra because I was... I was taught, if you want extra, you do extra, right? It, it didn't come from my husband's income or my income or anything. We did extra, and as a team, because this is really was a team effort, because if Mitch wasn't going to take care of the boys while I went grocery shopping, and sometimes I dragged the boys on those trips too, once in a while I've dragged Mitch on those, but he loses interest really fast. Um, we used the principle of saving and selling stuff and all that kind of stuff to have a camper to be at camp meeting. So that camper... Uh, I appreciate to no end because I didn't put it on payments, right? I didn't, you know, it's not, I'm not worried about if something happens to it because I paid cash for it. So um, that's just one of many saving stories, but it's really kind of the, the funniest one, I think, and, and um, one of the biggest ones that's kind of happened to us. So, um, so if you have your sheets and if anybody wants one, um, we're talking this week about... Um, giving you a chance, and I don't know if you brought them or if anybody wants one, right? We're talking about what's your why. So if you want to take a couple of minutes, um, any takeaways that you have from today, anything that you might implement, that you're like, oh, I want to try this, or maybe we need to save for this. I don't know how many more copies I have left. Um, how, how will what we talk about today change your family tree? Um, and how will you better be able to serve others because of it? Um, and going back to your why. So if you want to take a couple of minutes, and then we'll we'll have about 10 minutes left today. Look at that. We'll have some 10 minutes. Um, we're talking about saving here. My question is, when you have debt already, how are you supposed to pay off debt as fast as possible and try to save at the same time? So let's come back to that. Let's take a couple of minutes to make some notes, and then let's talk about that. I'm going to write it down so I don't forget. Is it okay? I want to take everybody. I want you to take a couple minutes, if you would, if you have a takeaway, just to kind of reflect on what we talk about today, and then we'll come right back to those questions. I promise. What's your first name? Kathleen. Okay. So Kathleen asks a great question. We're talking about saving for things, and we're still in debt, right? Now, I I'm just going to use Dave Ramsey's debt snowballs as a point of reference, okay? Um, and I, I tweak this a little bit, and I'm kind of do, you know I kind of think. Those things happen at once, and I think this actually, I like the house first. <laughs> I like getting rid of the house. I think there's a huge sense of security. Right? But first and foremost, and this isn't right, is you need to be current on all of your debt of all your debts, right? Don't be behind, right? So you gotta bring everything current first. Okay? Um, then you need some emergency, right? And you, you gotta have a little money in the bank just so that you don't go backwards at all. Um, because stuff will happen. Um, and his suggestion is $1,000. What do you... I, I don't think it matters, right? I think it whatever works for you, right? I mean, that could be an envelope in your safe at home. It could be in your savings account, right? It all depends on how you bank, right? You know, I can transfer from my phone... <laughs> right, into my checking account in 30 seconds, right? 
Now, if you're not using your phone to do your banking, then you may want it in the safe at home. If it's in the safe at home and you're 500 miles away from home, then maybe you can't access that, right? Like, right. So whatever works for you in regards to that, right? So we have a we have a savings account that's emergency fund slash house fund at this point, right? Like that's kind of what that is. So then getting out of debt, right? That would be then it's really all about that. You've got to got to wipe the debts off. That's why we started with that on Monday. Being debt free minus your house. You have to start there because otherwise you're pushing and pulling yourself in two different directions at the same time and you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to gain any tractions. So that's why saving for bigger emergencies or saving for a car or, you know, saving for vacation, all that kind of stuff comes later, right? That's what we talked about. Debt first, then, you know, figuring out how to budget and manage your money better so that then we can get to saving, okay? So getting debt-free and really... I mean, this is probably 18 to 24 months. Most people that do it, do it that fast, which seems, can seem like a really long time when you have a lot you know, of debt hanging around your neck. But it can be done when you start, and you can implement some of these saving principles at that point. And some of you may be thinking, there's no way I could do that in 24 months. My debts are so much. But the thing is, once you start, it, it's addictive. Yes. It, it's addictive to get rid of these debts. So you start finding yourself, you're changing the way you live, and, and you're trying to save everywhere, and it becomes almost like a, a game you're playing, and, and you get so engrossed in it, and pretty soon, yeah, you know, you're at you're at 18 months, and you got one left. Right. And it's only two thousand dollars. It is amazing. And it's not about income, like the no, I the stories. It, it it's amazing how there are. Because I listen to the Dave Ramsey show because I enjoy that. And there are people who call in who make $150,000 a year and have $50,000 in debt and think that's going to take them 10 years to pay it off. Yeah. Based on my plan, that's going to take me 10 years. And you're like, what are you spending your money on, right? Like, right? You, you're telling me you can't cut, you know, how much money out of your budget each month. And that's where it comes down to lifestyle, right? This really right here, this is what gets us in trouble. More than anything... It's lifestyle. It's what we're used to spending money on, stuff that's not important. Um, I mean, we even sold a piece of furniture in our, garage, in our living room because there just wasn't enough room in the living room anymore because I had kids to play in there. So we sold a piece of furniture because, yes, it went with the set, but I didn't need it anymore. So that's where, you know, this is, and that's where we talk about, like, this is the garage, like, getting out of debt. I would garage sales, sell everything that you can. I mean, my kids... For a while, because I was selling so much on those online yard sales, are like, "Mommy, are you gonna sell my whatever?" Like, they that question came up a lot. Yes, I mean, my kid, mommy, are you gonna sell my whatever? And I keep saying to them, when we don't need it anymore, then we're probably gonna sell that, right? You know, if you're playing with those toys, yes, right. Like, I'm not selling your Matchbox cars; those get used all the time, and you like them, and they're fun. I'm not selling that. But they saw for a couple of years when we when we got the camper and we were paying off our smallest loan on the building. I mean, I we were going nuts. And I, oh, right, so frustrating to deal with people online yard sales and garage sales, but it worked, right? Then we're going to save that for that emergency. And we talked about that a little bit yesterday. Um, a brave couple kind of talked about this and kind of asked this question afterwards yesterday. This You want to get this done, and then you're saving for that rainy day, right? And... This isn't, uh, I just, this is not three to six months of income. Let that sink in a second, right? 
uh, I said this wrong, right? This should be expenses. So the other day I shared um, how my husband got fired, but I didn't share that I've been fired and laid off. Also because I think I'm not a good employee. <laughs> I'm a, I am a better leader. <laughs> I'm a better leader than I am employee. Um, but this is expenses. And so three times so far in my adult life, I've had to shut it down, right? You're like, what? What do I really need to live on? Which is very different than what you currently spend a month. And, and, and what you're going to find is by the time you get to this point, your expenses will be less than they were when you were up here because your lifestyle is changing. <laughs> So you may be thinking right now, my expenses, you know, but you know what? As you are doing this, your lifestyle is changing. So your expenses are going to be less than they were up here. So it's just, it's an amazing, almost miraculous thing how this thing starts changing your whole life. Right. Exactly. And, and you might be able to live on, you know, $1,000, $1,500 a month. If you, I mean, it's amazing how, you know, when you think about just what your expenses are, and eventually you get to that point where you don't have a mortgage or those kind of things. Like you can really live on a very little and you eat out of the freezer and you eat out of the pantry and right. It, Cause those situations don't last forever, right? Maybe a couple of months that somebody's out of work. Um, I didn't work for three weeks. I think when Cooper had surgery, which didn't, wasn't, I mean, I don't think I took a paycheck that month because I didn't contribute anything to my business, but it didn't affect us. Right? Like we were okay. We had, more food that we need in the freezer and in the pantry because I was couponing. <laughs> so then, right, so then he, you know, Dave really says he's really, retirement's really important. Again, I always have to remind myself, this is coming from somebody who, you know, doesn't believe in the soon coming of Jesus, right, like we do, right? Um, and yes, it's important. If we learned anything from 1844 is let's plan for the future, but, you know, live like today may be our last. Um, planning for kids' college we're not doing this while we're in debt. We're not doing, you know, we're not putting money in um, a, you know, educational savings account for the kids. But, um, but someday that's coming. And yes, the benefit of compounding interest and the cost of college, it, it's a real gift, right? Like that's how we can change our family tree. He says pay off the house as a six. I, I, I love Ed Reed's book on It's Your Money, Isn't It? And he, that was, I mean, I read that 15 years ago, and the thing that he talked about was paying the house off. And, and that, there's so, it lowers your risk, right? Um, when your house is paid for and you have a place to live, I, I, th I think that changes your whole world, right? So, so there's that. And then, um, and I think this is the thing, right? Like poor Dave is known as the, you know, if you drive the Dave car, it's the $1,000 junker car. And if, if you're a Dave Ramsey person, like you're, you know, it's all about the debt calls. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day. One of my, I think I was talking to Drew about this. Um, they have million hour, millionaire theme hours, people who are worth um, a million dollars, which is property and retirement and those kind of things. But I love the questions that he asks. He's like, so how much, what's the most you've ever paid for a pair of jeans? <laughs> right? What do you do for a living? I mean, they're teachers. They're um, airplane mechanics. I mean, these are not Fortune 500 CEOs that are calling in. Um, I'm trying to think some of the other great questions that he asked, right? Uh, did you borrow money to get where you're at? No. Um, have you ever bought a new car? Right? Like that's kind of, you know, some have, some haven't. Um, and just kind of gets their story and stuff like that, right? Now, they're just regular people. 
But the idea, I love those because we're not just talking about the people who um, are struggling, right? We're talking about people who are winning with money, which means they're making good choices in their life, right? Money is just a reflection, again, we talked about this this week. Money is just a reflection of our priorities, where our heart is. And I added this, right? Because he really, give like no one else, right? The idea, and we're going to talk about that on Friday, is oh, it really truly is more blessed to give than receive. We were reading an Uncle Arthur's bedtime story the other night about these, these kids that weren't going to have anything for Christmas and the older brother and sister who must have been, you know, 10 and 8, made out of cardboard like this, you know, dollhouse or whatever for their little twin sisters, right? And how excited they were and they made little furniture and put wallpaper and, right? And they had that on Christmas morning for their little sisters. And I said to the boys when we got done, isn't it exciting? Like, it's fun to give, right? And so how do I teach my boys that it's actually more fun to give presents to other people? Like, you can't wait for them to open it. That it's fun to give to missionaries overseas. It's fun to, to give to a church project. It's fun to give to camp meeting. It's, you know, that that's really fun. And so the idea of all of this is really to be in this space. And what Joel, the, the examples that Joel keeps giving, right, and not to embarrass you, but he's here, right? Joel is looking for any aspect in his life to give more. Like, isn't this a fun place to be? Wouldn't this be like, like, You've raised your kids, you know, your house is paid for, you have no debts, you're planning out where your money's going, and you're here. So when something comes up, you've got money already in an account, right? It's not, well, I'm going to sacrifice something. I have already set money aside because this, because whatever projects are going to come. Yes, I've already done that because I am looking for more and more reasons to give. And that's, and that's where I want to be. Like, that's fun, right? That's that's a lot of fun. I like how Dave Ramsey says it. You got to live like no one else, so you can live like no one else and give like no one else. Because that's that's really the that's where you, this is where we need to be. And I like how Melissa put extra giving. You're giving throughout this process. You don't stop your giving. It's just that when you get here, now there's no restraint. There's nothing that's keeping you from giving now, and it's just a matter of you you can do that. But you know it's a, it's a change. I mean. My wife and I are here right now, but I'm telling you what, um, my attitude that I have now with giving, I did not have. I mean, I used to be that I was, you know, like I said, I still have that first nickel. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was stingy is what I was, very stingy, um, where, you know, it's, a, it's been a beautiful transformation in my own life where I can look, and, you know, I don't have to have all the answers. You're in need, I'll help you, you know. Where before, oh, I had to have all the answers. I want to make sure that, that you weren't wasting your your life's money and all this. Well, now, you know what? I really don't care so much about that. Yeah, I don't want to enable someone in, in a, a wicked practice. But I'm not so concerned. Because, you know what? I, I've come to realize the whole lordship issue. And I'm just here to be a faithful steward of my Lord's stuff and give to those who are in need. And that's where he wants us to get to. And that's why all this is so important. So, we probably need to Let's wrap up, and then again, if anybody else has questions, I'll stay after. If Joel has time, I'm sure he'll sure. stay after. Dear Lord, we thank you so much again for um, this great group and these great questions, and and it's so fun to see how you, the Holy Spirit, is working in this room. I can see it, I can feel it personally, and and thank you for showing us that that money is just a reflection of our heart. And please, God, we pray that you change our heart, 
um, and so that we can really live and give like no one else. Please be with us all the rest of this camp meeting and continue to keep us safe, and we thank you just for the blessing that camp meeting is, and I look forward to the, the greatest camp meeting of all, which will be in heaven. I ask this in your name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.